Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I would do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? That's a question. Shall ye not know it? So God can be doing something new in my life, in your life, in our lives, in the ministry, and we can be clueless as to the new thing that God is doing. He says it will spring forth, shall ye not know it? Will you be able to recognize it? Are you on the same frequency as it were with God, with the Spirit of God, with what God is doing in your life? Well, if you are, he goes on to say, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. A way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look at 42 in verse number 9. 42 in verse number 9. I just want to show you that God can be doing a new thing and we be clueless to what God is doing. God is, God is not only just up to something, but I just heard this, God is after something. God is after something. And whatever God is after, I want to be one of those that God can work with and work through to accomplish what it is that he's after. Amen. Are you, are you that pliable to where God can work with you and, <clears throat> and you can partner with him? Because whatever God does in the earth, he needs partnership. There has to be someone in place that God can work through in order to accomplish what it is that he has purpose to accomplish in the earth. Because the Bible said that the purposes of God will prevail in the earth realm. And look at verse number nine. Verse number nine says, Behold, the former things are come to pass. The former things, things that are behind you. Let me say this to you. Whatever is behind you has already come to pass. Forget about it. Yeah. It has already happened. It's already occurred. It's transpired. It has come to pass. Just forget about it. He says the formal things, the formal things are come to pass and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So he lets us know that when God gets ready to do something in your life, he's going to make you aware of it. He's going to tell you. Get your mind off the formal things. Get your mind off the things that are behind you. He says he will do a new thing, and before he does, whatever he's going to do, he's going to tell you about it. He's going to tell you about it. Now, he can tell you through a person. He can tell you by speaking, by his spirit. We're in the last days, and the Bible says in the last days, the spirit of God speaketh expressly. In other words, he's being clear. He's being precise when he speaks to us. You can be sitting in a place like this and listening to the word of God, and God can speak something to you. Amen? And so the Bible says whenever God gets ready to do something in your life, He's going to let you in on it. He's, it's kind of like he told Abraham when he cut covenant with Abraham, he said, Abraham, before I do anything, I'm going to let you know about it. Amen. Amen. What a, that's why Abraham was a friend of God. And so as a friend, God said, look, before I do anything, I'm going to check with Abraham. I'm going to let Abraham know about it. And we see that because before he destroyed God, Sodom and Gomorrah, he let Abraham know about it because Abraham's nephew was down there. And so God will let you know about the new thing that he wants to do in your life, but will you be aware of it? Yeah. 
Are you sensitive to God? Are you paying attention? Or do you think things are just happening just to be happening? No, you got to pay attention because God is speaking, people of God. God is speaking. There are those who are, who are not even listening. There are those who are listening but not sure. There are those who are listening but choose to hold on to the former thing. But whatever God is doing in your life, in your ministry, in your business, in your family, he's always going to clue you in on what he's doing. God wants to plug you in to what he's doing. Amen. Let's look at another passage, 48, chapter 48. We're still in Isaiah, chapter 48, verse number 3. God's after something. God's after something. Well, I believe that what God is after is his will. He wants his will accomplished in the earth. He wants his will accomplished in your family. He wants his will accomplished in your physical body. He wants his will accomplished in every area of your life. So what is God after? God's after what he's always been after, and that is getting his will done in the earth realm. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what we should be praying. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When the kingdom of God is established, then the will of God's going to be done in the earth realm. When that kingdom, when God's way of doing things is established in your life, in various areas of your life, it is then now you're set and ready for the will of God in your life. But that's going to have to be an establishing of God's kingdom, God's order. God's authority, God's way of doing things, and now the will of God can be done in your, in your life in various areas of your life. Amen? Amen? Now look what he says in verse number three. He says, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth. I showed them, I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. You see that? He says, I have declared the formal things from the beginning. And they went forth out of my mouth. I showed them, I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Well, if, if he can say all of that about the formal, then he can also declare the same thing about the new. That he will do a new thing, he will show you, he will speak it out of his mouth, and suddenly it'll come to pass, just like the formal things. Amen. Now look at, look at verse 6. Let's pick up at verse 6. He says, Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have shown, the, I have shown thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou did it not know them. They are created now, and from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, least thou should say, Behold, I knew them. Now, verse 7 in the Amplified says this They are created now, called into being by a prophetic word. Never ignore the prophetic word. Never ignore the prophetic word because, see, it is the prophetic word of God that gives vision in your life. When you get a word from God, when you hear a word from God, when you get a prophetic word or even a present word from God, when you grab a hold to that word, that word creates vision in your life. And people of God, it is without vision that we perish. There is no vision without a spoken word from God. 
without a word from God because whatever word God speaks, that word houses or that word brings an image, it gives an imagination. And without that image from that word that God speaks, you have nothing to look forward to. Amen. Amen. He goes on to say, verse number eight, yea, thou heard it not, yea, thou knew it not, yea, from that time that thine ear was not open. Okay, no wonder you didn't hear. Your ear wasn't open. So do you have your spiritual ears open? See, we have our natural ears open to the world. We have our natural ears open to our situations. Natural ears open to our circumstance. Natural ears open, you know, to the report of the media. Natural ears open, but see, are your spiritual ears open to what God is saying and what God is doing? Folks, don't look for God to line up with the world. Amen. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's what we hear that causes faith to be born in our hearts. And so once we hear the word of God and then faith come, now we have to act on that word so that prophetic word, that word that I hear, that prophetic word can be, become a reality in my life before all now. Amen. You know, the word that I received to start this ministry, when I received that word, see, I acted on that word. Amen. Amen. And so it is in your life. And at the time, folks, it, it didn't look anything like what God said. It didn't, the, the, the prophetic word came at a, pathetic time in my life. <laughs> but now vision, vision, it raises you out of a perishing situation. Amen. And without it, the people perish. Amen. So what's going to raise us is the prophetic word that God, God wants to do. The farmer has, uh, that's already come to pass. What do you keep looking at that for? That's already happened. That's already come to pass. Now look for these new things that God is speaking by way of his man and woman of God. By, by You know, you may be watching somebody on television or, or could be listening to someone on the radio or listening to a CD or, or, or whatever it may be. But when you hear that word, you got to grab that word. You got, oh, that's for me. You got to grab a hold of that word. That's why you don't come to church to sleep. Man, you, you do that at home. You, you do that while you're driving. <laughs> you heard about that man who was sleeping the Bible, doing, doing service, doing worship? Because, you know, doing in, in the book of Acts, when they have service, man, they'd have service, you know, for hours. See, you couldn't be a part of the early church. <laughs> but the Bible says a man fell, he, he fell asleep and, and fell out the window and broke his neck. Amen. So ain't no worse than sleeping and driving. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, now that's not your prophetic word to be sleeping and driving. That ain't, that's my word. No, that, that is not a prophetic word. Now, now change is a part of God's plan for our lives. And it is a season that is unavoidable. You can't avoid change. You can try to duck and dodge it and, and run from it and hide all you want to. Change is an arrest warrant that is never going to settle until you yield yourself to it. Amen. 
you are going to have to change. Amen. And until you change, nothing changes. Until you change, nothing changes. I want to say that again. Until you change, nothing will change. Stop waiting on everybody else to change. Stop waiting on your husband to change. Stop waiting on your wife to change until you change. Stop waiting on your employer to change until you change. Nothing will change. Nothing about your health will change till you change. Nothing about your weight will change until you change. Nothing about your finances will change until you change. Nothing changes until you change. Amen. Why y'all quiet? <laughs> All right. Now, the season of change must be embraced before God can do a new thing in your life. Admit it or not, we all desire the rewards that change brings. But many of us, very few of us, accept the responsibility for the change. We want the rewards, but we dodge the responsibility. Amen. Tell a person next to you, say, nothing's going to change until you change. Amen. So the objective is to bring us to this place in our lives where we understand, we value, and we appreciate change, thus embracing it as we would a dear friend. Now, whenever, whenever change is willfully and eagerly accepted, adapted to, and supported by us, it is then evident that we have embraced change, thus positioning ourselves for a new thing. So we're talking about embracing a new thing. We talked about the importance of our attitude towards change because it determines our fear, our frustration, our faith, our flow with change, and our future regarding whatever area of change that is needed. We talked about the two levels of change, uh, uh, revolutionary, which is something totally different from what has been, and then also evolutionary, which is a refinement of what has been. Now turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7. And, and when we leave from 2 Kings chapter 7, then we'll get back into those, those enemies that keeps us from embracing a new thing. Enemies that keep us from embracing a new thing. 2 Kings chapter number 7. And in 2 Kings chapter number 7, it, let's, let's start at verse number one. This is the prophet Elijah, Elisha, the prophet Elisha, and regarding these, these, these lepers. Now, look what he says in verse number one. Then Elisha said, here's the prophetic word now. Here's the prophetic word. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time. Now, see, he's prophesying. He's given a prophetic word. Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour shall be sold, be sold for a shekel. And two, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now he's prophesying that tomorrow, what he's really saying, tomorrow there's going to be plenty and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be real cheap. That's going to be plenty, and you can get it for a little of nothing. Because, see, now this is when the famine's over. So he's prophesying. Now, now watch this now in verse number two. Then a Lord 
on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this thing be? How in the world that's going to happen? If, 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 if God made windows in heaven, it ain't going to happen. See, that's what he's saying. How in the world that's going to happen? You must don't know the situation around here. You must don't know the circumstances. But folks, listen. See, the, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord comes to raise you out of your circumstance. The word, of the, the word of God doesn't come to agree with your situation. It comes to raise you out of your situation and give you a picture of a better circumstance. And so he said by tomorrow, because see, that wasn't anything. But he said tomorrow, by this time, 24 hours, that's going to be plenty and everybody going to be able to get in on it. And this guy said, if God will open windows of heaven, might this thing behind the world, is that going to happen? You around here brainwashing them folk, giving them people false hope, telling them folk it's getting better, telling them folk we ain't in recession. See, that's what the world will say. You always have somebody who rather agree with their situation rather than agree with the word of God. And people of God, God, the Bible said that even in famine, God knows how to keep you alive. Yes, that God knows how to take care of you. If you just look past over the, next, the, next, the last couple of years of your life, at one point you thought, oh my God, how in the world I'm going to make it. But when you look at where you are today, you realize that you did make it. It's because of the prophetic word of God. And watch how Eli like Elisha. Elisha wasn't just, you know, spaghetti bag. And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but you won't partake of it. Just because of your doubt and your unbelief and you around here being sarcastic. Now, I, I tell you, now let me prophesy to you. You're going to see it, but you won't partake of it. Now, watch this now. He say all this going to happen at the gate, at the gate in Samaria. Now watch this. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, sitting right there where the man of God says is going to go down at. They sitting right there at the gate, walling in their situation, talking about how bad it is. And watch this. And they said one to another, See, they, 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 they said, now look, the man of God has already declared this word. And you see what he just told, told that man over there, told him, you're going to see it. Now look, ain't no need us seeing it and not getting in on it. We, you know, we, you know we, we need God to do something. I mean, I love what the message Bible said. The message Bible said, they said, what do we got to lose? We dying anyway. <laughs> we might well try something new. Now watch this. They said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine's in the city. But, but man, God already said tomorrow is going to be plenty. But the situation is right now, there's not any. Remind me of Lindner. Because Lindner got plenty. <laughs> and if I ain't got it, there ain't in there. Come on, say praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
He said, and if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the hosts of the Syrians. The Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they arose in the twilight. They got up. They wanted change. And they took responsibility for change. They wanted the reward that change brings. They said, they said the man of God said, tomorrow by this time there's going to be plenty. And we, one thing we know for sure, if we sit outside this gate, we're not going to partake of it. So the Bible said they arose in the twilight to go unto the camp of the, of the Syrians. When they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrian to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, and kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled when? When? When did those lepers get up? In the twilight. At the same time, those lepers made a decision and got up. And they start going forward. God created a noise. See, God got involved. And I believe when we, when we finally decide to get up and move, change our position, arise and do something, God gets involved. And God, he are four lepers getting up, picking themselves up with leprosy. They pick themselves up, start moving forward to where the man of God had declared that there was going to be plenty. And the Bible said at the same time, God had the Syrians to hear noise that sounded like an entire army, chariots and horses, and they fled out of that city. And it was only four lepers. But God. But God. See, always know when you show up, you're never by yourself. And God knows how to create a noise. He knows how to create a noise that will bring a fear in the heart of those that you have to deal with. Don't you worry about their position. Just know who with you. Know, know that God is with I'm not intimidated because you're the president of this or you're the CEO of that. I'm not intimidated because you have the power to hire and to fire. I'm not intimidated because you can say yay or nay to my request. I'm not intimidated by that because I know who's with me and he knows how to create a noise that I have you favor me. Glory to God. So know wherever you go, you have God's favor on your life. It doesn't matter the title that somebody wear. I'm wearing the favor of God. And when I'm wearing the favor of God, you got to do for me, even if you don't want to do for me. Now watch this now. So he says, wherefore they arose in the twilight and they, they left their tents their horses, uh, their asses, even the camp as it were, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. Now, now what if they'd have been still sitting at the gate? How, how, how long you been sitting at the gate? I mean, you, you, you didn't count it all, the, the chain links on the gate. You've been sitting at the gate so long. You know when a link missing yeah. off the gate because you've been sitting at the gate so long. Yeah. 
you know everybody else who passed by because you've been sitting there at the gate. Say they did eat and drink. Watch this. And carried then silver. Well, they ain't have no silver <coughs> before they left the gate. And gold. They blinging now. <laughs> and raiment. Getting them some suits. And went and hid it. <laughs> See that's that, see that's 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 when see that's when you don't when you don't really understand it's God's will for you to prosper, you start hiding your little stuff. You, you don't you you didn't want them to know your house was that big, because they might say something. They may ask you why you need all that house. Amen. And came again and entered into one tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Should have took the tent. <laughs> then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tiding, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning, till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. They, they wanted to be a blessing. They wanted to share what God had did. Watch this. So they came and, and, so they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, asses tied, and tents as they were. Let me give you some things here. Number one, until you make a decision, your life is on hold. Until you make a decision, your life is on hold. Your life, your life, is awaiting your decision. Make a decision. Make a decision. When are you going to make a decision? Amen. They could have still been sitting at that gate. Everything that they just, that they came into was in the city. But they had to go into the city. They had to make a decision. They were sitting there saying, well, what are we going to do? We're we going to die. I mean, are we going to sit here and die? I mean, if we go in the city, uh, they're they going to kill us. And, and, and not knowing when they, you know, if we go over there, they're not going to hire us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If we go over there, you know, we can't, we can't get no loan over there. See, these are the kind of things that keep us at the gate. When we need to be, it's going down in the city. Ain't nothing happening at the gate. But we have all of these, we have all of these preconceived ideas of failure if we attempt to go into the city. Amen. 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 So until you make a decision, your life is on hold. Number two, the assumed obvious can become your awesome opportunity if you move toward it in expectation and faith. The assumed obvious, the assumed obvious was if we go into the city, they're going to destroy us. That, that's obvious. So ain't no need of going in there. That's the obvious. That's the assumed obvious. If we go into the city, they're going to destroy our lives. If we go into the city, we're going to die because there's nothing there. That's the assumed obvious. But the assumed obvious became their awesome opportunity. And how many opportunities, you know, um, listen to this. <laughs> Rather than waiting on opportunity to knock, be aggressive and knock to see if opportunity even lived there. 
That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, you don't even know if opportunity is there. And you sitting there at the gate, at the door, waiting on it to knock. When you need to check and see if opportunity live here. See, that's gate living, man. That's, that's just gate living, just, just, just sitting at the gate. The, the gate is where everybody else is going in. And people are coming out the gate. That's where you see everything that's going on, at the gate. And when are you going to leave the gate? And go into the city for yourself and see if it's what the man of God said it is. Yeah, yeah, see if faith, man, you got to try faith. See if favor work. Yeah. You'll never know favor work until you put it to work. At least try, go over here and see if my favor working, man. You got to check and see if favor is working. Man, I, I, te I test my favor. I just, I just see if it's working. We, we had a situation a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I, we was out doing some shopping and stuff and different things and, and um, had a situation where the, the store policy, they had their policy and the policy was, you know, a certain thing. And, and so I said, I said, no, that, no, 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 that, that's not. And I went, uh-uh, no, y'all ain't gonna, wasn't doing none of that. I, you know, see, you just, just, you got, you got to stay in the spirit of meekness and just see if this favor gonna work. And I said, I said, no, I said, no, I shouldn't have to pay that. I shouldn't have to pay that. I said, why don't you go talk with your manager? He said, well, the manager, well, you know, just, just go see. Just, just go talk to the manager. Let him know Charles out here. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, didn't say that. I, just, I just said, no, I said, no, no. I said, ma'am, just, just, go, just go and talk with your manager and see. And uh, so I said, Lord, I believe we have favor. Yeah, God. Yes. Yes. And she came back. She said, well, the manager said, no, you don't even worry about that. The manager said, don't even worry about that. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm checking to see if my favor, see if my favor working, man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Because the assumed, see, the assumed obvious was we're going to have to pay this. But that became an awesome opportunity because we tried our favor. We put, we put favor to work. Amen? Amen. Number three. Number three. Boy, y'all got this out working in this church. It's just turning my pages. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Trying to find me a spot, man. No, no, you have to turn it down. I mean, it's just, it's just turning my pages, man. <laughs> Number three. Just because a situation doesn't seem favorable doesn't mean God won't favor you in it. Just because a situation doesn't seem favorable does not mean God will not favor you in that situation. See, that's when you need favor, when a situation is unfavorable, when it's not favorable. That's when you need favor, right? That this thing, this thing looked like it's, it's going the opposite direction. This thing looked like it's not going to turn in my favor. It's not going to work in my favor. Well, that's when you need favor. And so you have to know that just because a situation is not favorable. See, that, see, see, hope is a favorable, hope is an expectation of a situation being turned in your favor. And see, when you're not expecting favor, then you have lost hope. You have, you have lost hope. And so you have, you have to expect to be favored in situations. Amen. Amen. 
Say, I expect favor. Say it again, I expect the favor of God. See, you, you need to expect favor with, with your banker. Expect favor with them. Creditors, expect favor with them. You're trying to buy a home, expect favor. Amen. A guy was telling me, a guy was, I was, I was in a restaurant a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and, and a guy said this to me. He said, he said, oh, Pastor Perry, good to see you. He said, man, we're developing a new community and got some nice homes going up and, and, and you know, this percentage and, and yada, 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 and man, you need to come by. I said, why should I come by? He said, man, I just told you we got good deals. We got this. I said, but see, that's not favor. If you're getting that to everybody, that ain't favor for me. So I'm not impressed yet. <laughs> Because that's what you get in everybody else. You can't give me what you get in everybody else. That's not favor. Favor is when they go beyond the limit to make it sweet for you. That's favor. Say, I expect favor. So you got to expect to be favored in a situation. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Expect the favor of God. Number four. If you do nothing, your results will always be the same. If you do nothing, and all that's in right here in 2 Kings. If you do nothing, your results will always be the same. Folks, had they done nothing, what, what would they would have been? At the gate. At the gate. Still sitting at the gate. Gazing at the gate. Talking about this. Just talking about nothing. You know, they're, they're lepers. As lepers, you know, the, the best of their days was probably, you know, years ago. Yeah, I remember, and you know, yeah, I used to do a whole lot of things before I got this leprosy. Right, right, right. But you know, ever since I, you know, I've had to slow down since I had this leprosy. Now you remember in 65? <laughs> See, that's gate talk. <laughs> that's, that's gate talk. Baby, you remember we, when we first got married, we used to have fun. That's gate talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that is. that is. That is gate talk. Man, I remember I used to keep some money. That's gate talk. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's gate talk. You got to get away from the gate. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> number, number five. Your, pro, your provision, prosperity, and possession will be the result of the steps you take. Your provision, your prosperity, that's doing well in every area of your life, and possession will be the result of the steps you take. Now watch this. See, there are some people, they never have provision because they take the wrong steps or they don't take any steps at all. These four lepers came into prosperity, provision, and possession because they took the right steps. See, they could have, see, they, they went into the city. They could have taken steps away from the city. But these, these steps that they're taking. See, that's just like for those of you who are, who are taking the financial peace class, financial peace university. That class is giving you some steps you can take. Steps you can take to take responsibility for your financial situation. Because until you change, nothing will change. And so the class is designed to give you some steps. 
do this, do that. It's, it's like when you buy something that needs to be pieced together, put together. Instead of just looking at the picture and say, oh, I, I got it. Then when you finish, a leg missing off the thing and all that old kind of stuff. Or you, or you finish it, but you can't drive. You can't, you can't miss. You understand. But, but, but no, looking at the sequential steps that have to be taken to do this and do that, then do this and do that, and then the whole thing comes together. See, the picture that you see, that's the vision. But the steps you take is the pathway to get you to the vision. To get you to the, this picture of being out of debt, there's, there's some steps you got to take. This, this picture of being financially free, there's some steps you got to take. This picture of having a good marriage, there's some steps you got to take. And so your provision, your prosperity, and your possession is totally dependent upon the steps that you take if you take any steps at all. Amen. You know, we're going to be having a seminar. We're going to be doing a seminar uh, here at the church, uh, you know, coming, coming soon. <laughs> and it is to, to help our members become homeowners. Now, you know what the seminar is all about? The seminar is not about, you know, just, just getting you money to go get your house. It's not about blessing you with a house. It's about some steps. See, and some folks, oh, well, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. And, and one of those steps to becoming a homeowner is going to be, you know, doing what you need to do to get your credit straight. See, that's a step that a lot of folk don't want to take. Because many of you, you can afford a house. Because what you're paying in rent, you can be buying your house. And we have a member, uh, brother, brother, brother John Borden. Shut up, John, just so they can see who you John, that's, that's the praise singer. The one be up in the choir back there, you know, be getting it. Boy, John be, John be getting it. And, and John has helped two. Three. John has helped three members in our church get their credit straight, and now they're building houses. Thank you, John. And so, and, and, you know, and so he approached me about, you know, this for the church. Well, folks, it's not for me. I have a home. We have impeccable credit, my wife and I. So it's not, it's not for me. I said, well, man, that's good for the members. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. It's going to help the members. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. But there are going to be some steps that you're going to have to take. Amen. 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 But it's all designed. So, so your, your possession, your prosperity, your provision is dependent upon the steps you take if you take any steps at all. These guys had to take steps. Right. That's right. They can't sit at the gate saying, well, if God want us to have it, he'll just, he, he know where I am. <laughs> yeah, he know where you are, and, he, and he, he'll watch you die right where you are. <laughs> Got to take a step. Amen. Number six, number six. The moment you set your heart and faith to believe God and his word, angels are performing a prosperous outcome for you. The moment you set your heart in faith to believe God and his word, angels, say angels. angels. Say it again, angels. angels. 
angels are performing the prosperous outcome for you. That's what happened here. The moment they set their hearts in faith to believe God, believe the word, we're going to believe what the man of God said. And they rose in the twilight. And when they rose in the twilight, then the enemies rose in the twilight. Because angels made it sound like it was a chariot. It was horses coming. It was a great army coming to overtake them. The moment you decide to do something, God gets involved. I believe them. The moment you decide, you, you, you know what, I'm, I'm going you know, I'm, I'm, I'm to go ahead and put that application in. Amen. And, you know, when you start doing that, you say, Lord, I, I want to thank you. that I, I just release my angels right now. God, I have an interview tomorrow, and whoever has to interview me, I command my angels to go right now and just begin to minister to their hearts. Something about me that they're going to they're gonna be impressed with, cause them to favor me. I'll walk in that room tomorrow with your favor. And man, you go up in there, and, and, and you be sitting there, and the man be like, We've never met. I just, it just seemed like I know you from somewhere. Just, I don't know what it is. It's just something about you. Yeah. And you sitting there laughing because, see, you know what it is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's them angels you put on him last yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Same thing. You, you trying to buy a car. You trying to buy a house. You're trying to get back in someone's good graces. Send your angels. The Bible says angels will go before you to prosper your way. That when I get there, it's so easy because my angels have already been here and done what they needed to do. Amen. Number seven. Whenever God blesses you, he has more than you in mind. Whenever God blesses you, they tried to hide it. They tried to keep it to themselves. They was hiding the money. They was hiding the gold. They was hiding the silver. They was hiding everything. They tried to keep it. They, they, they said, no, we, we can't do this. We, we got to go tell somebody. We have to tell somebody about all this good stuff that's happening to us. Because whenever God blesses you, he has more than you in mind. You think God did all he did just for you? No, he had more than you in mind. How can you reach back and be a blessing to other people with what God has blessed you with? It, it doesn't have to just be money. It could be knowledge. Maybe you have the knowledge about something and, and you see people making the same dumb mistakes over and over again and you have the knowledge and you sit there and won't even say anything. And you're just a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of information. And you can save someone from years, years of, of, of struggle and years of just agony just by saying, sir, let me show you how to do that. Let me tell you how to do that. Because whenever God blesses you, he has more than you in mind. You done got your marriage together. Help somebody else. Help somebody else. I remember a pastor told me, I said to a pastor one time, I said, man, you, you taught me so much, I feel I'm indebted to you. And he said, you don't owe me nothing. You know what you owe me? The next pastor come along who need help, you help him. See, you are blessed to be a blessing. See, we want to be blessed, but do we want to be a blessing? You know why people start foundations? They want to be a blessing. They're blessed, and they know this, this can't all be for us. We fine. We blessed. Let's start a foundation so we can be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. Amen. And we have to get that mindset. And that's why a lot of times that, you know, many generations have to start all over again. Yeah. Yes. Because we're not being a blessing to those who are coming behind us. 
We're just leaving them to fend for themselves. Well, I had it rough and it was tough for me coming up and, and you going to have it like, no, that's not God's best. Everybody shouldn't have to start from ground zero. You are blessed to be a blessing. A good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and excellence and, 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 and integrity for his children, children. Why? So they don't have to start all the way back from ground zero. You, you were, you were, you, come, come, come here, dad. Come here, dad. Come here, come here, dad. Right quick. All right, just stand right here, dad. Well, go, go all the way. Go back, dad. Go back. Yeah, go back. All right, right there, dad. That's good. That's good. Come here, McGowan. Stand right here. Now, this, this is my biological father. Now, I know I look better than him. No, don't worry about all that. That ain't, that ain't the point. <laughs> Now, this is my dad, my biological dad. Now, this is the start of his life. And for many, many years, he was not born again. Wasn't saved. Matter of fact, my, my parents came to the Lord as a result of me. I was in church. They were not. And so, but they in, they in here now. Praise God. Now, this is his life. So, here's a life of, a life of sin and rebellion against God. But then... This is him today, Amen. born again. Now he looked, of course he looked better than this guy. You can see that, <laughs> but that ain't the point. <laughs> so this is him today, a man of righteousness, a man of character, a man of integrity, a man of love, man of God, man of the word. Now this is him today. Then I come along, instead of him pouring this into me, so I start here. Why let me start back here and I got to go through all this foolishness you went yeah, through because you refuse to share with me what it means to be a man of integrity, a man of character, a man of honor. You refuse to share all of that. So I have to start all the way over and you, you, you way up, you're way up there, but then I'm way back here starting over. When you could have saved me a lot of evil. You could have saved me a lot of torment, a lot of heartache. You could have saved me a lot of things I went through I would not have had to go through if you'd have started depositing in me from there rather than letting me start back here. And the Bible said that a good man, he leaves an inheritance of moral stability to his children, not only his children, but his children, children, that you're being a blessing to each generation that comes along. And not only that, but that's why even financially we got to position ourselves so our kids are not back here trying to start all over again. And not only, you know, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have to buy your kids a house, but man, at least can we give them a down payment on the house? So they don't have to start from ground zero. When God blesses you, he has more than you in mind. God's not just thinking about you when he bless you. The last statement, I'm done. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, my God. The last statement <clears throat> is this. That change is bigger than you. That change is bigger than you.
That's why you can't be selfish. Because that change is bigger than you. You ever been following somebody, you know, been, been behind someone on the road? And, 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 and you know, they, they have their blink on. And, and you can tell they want to change. But until they make up their mind what they're going to do, they kind of like got you on hold. And that's why when they finally do whatever they're going to do, you, you help. <laughs> See, now, now you feel that, you know, that, that, you, that, that you on hold. Because they won't make a decision. Change or turn the blank off. This change is bigger than you. What you going to do? I got to make a decision, so I need you to make one. See, you can't be selfish. Your change, husband, you can't be selfish. That change is bigger than you. The change that you make is going to bless the whole house. The change is bigger than you. You got to make up your mind what you're going to do. It's, it's bigger than you. You married, you got a family. This change is bigger than you. This thing is bigger than you. In this ministry, this thing is not about me. This thing is bigger than me. There are people that have to be considered. This thing is bigger than me. Had I had that mentality, I'd say, well, no, we don't need that. My credit's fine. I don't need that. I don't need Financial Peace University. So, no, we're gonna, not going to have that in this church. But it's so much bigger than you, little man. Now, only I can say that. <laughs> I guess there's a whole lot of stuff bigger than me, though. But, but you know, I'm big in the spirit. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is change is much bigger than you. And you hung up on your preferences. And I understand that, but, but you don't want to change because you're just looking out for yourself. Your own comfort and your own convenience. When Jesus realized that to accept the will of God was so much bigger than him. Because he struggled with that cup by saying, Father, I don't want to do this. But Jesus, this is not about you. You knew you was going to have to die. Don't get to this Golgotha and start acting like this is about you. This ain't never been about you. I need you to die. It's about the world. It's not about you, Jesus. It ain't about you, Jesus. You have, a, you have a very important role and you have a significant part and piece of this. But Jesus, don't get it twisted. Yes. It's not about you. Yes. Yes. What you mean you don't want to die? It ain't about you. Yes, yes. Oh my God. That's very yes. good. Yes, it's about a world. Yes. And you got to see opportunities being opened up for them to give their lives to me. And so the Bible said then once he realized that, he said, for the joy set before me, I can endure this cross. I'll make the change. I'll do what I need to do because of the joy of seeing everybody else get born again. Change is so much bigger than you. It's much bigger than you. Husband is much bigger than you. 
Father is much bigger than you. Mother is much bigger than you. Wife is much bigger than you. Pastor is much bigger than you. Employee, employer is much bigger than you. Child, it is much bigger than you. That's how we miss it because we become selfish. It's all about what I don't want to do. What I don't feel like doing. What I don't want to do. Oh, it's so much bigger than you. You have to change because there's some folk behind you on hold. And they can't do what they need to do till you make some changes. Can, can I show you a scripture? Yes. I, I got to show you this. I got. I got to. Somebody say new thing. And this. This is. This is. This, this, go to Jeremiah 30, 31. I, I, I told the Lord, and God just. I told. I told the Lord I didn't want to read this. I did. I said, God, I don't want to fool with that. I don't. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to get into that. And it didn't come up. Cause it really wasn't. You, you, you see this. You see this down here. You see Jeremiah thirty one. 22. That's way down here. I'm way up here. I tried to stay away from this. But it didn't come up, so I'm going to read it. Yes, now, when I read it, don't you get mad. <laughs> Jeremiah 31, 22. Let me give you this. It's so much bigger than you. Yes. And I'm going to tell you now, God will pass you up. Mm. Jesus. My God. God will pass you up. My God. God's not going to have no traffic jam. Because you won't change lane. Yes. Yes. Amen. God going to have folk just, just, just going, going around. You ever, you ever had to pass folk? And, and you know, in you know, today's, you can't be looking at folk when you pass them. You got you to go on on. Folk got their own issues. And I ain't trying to be one of them. <laughs> so you, you just go on, pass, keep on, keep on. In the day, you used to. <laughs> but see, you can't do that now. <laughs> You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Verse 22. How long wilt thou go about? How, how long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. So, God, I don't know. There are so many women. That's miserable. Because the man won't make a decision. There's so much more she wants. So much more she desires. Her life was moving. Come, come here, come here. Her life, just, just turn this way. Her life as a single person was moving, always on the go. Getting things done. Advancing. Then married you and her life stopped. And you get mad when she try to push you, but you don't, you don't, you, you know, you, you stuck in a time cap. She want to love God. She want to serve God. She want to be faithful. She, she wants something out of life. She, she's created to help you. If you let her help you, she could take that momentum and, and help you alone. And the Bible said God's doing a new thing now. 
Now, don't, don't confuse that new with disrespecting your husband and all that, but, but he's, he's doing a new thing, that a woman wants to go with God. Yeah. 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 Put the message Bible up right quick. Put the, put, the, put the message up. How long wilt thou, that's the King James, how long will you, will you flit here and there indecisive? How long before you make up your fickle mind? God will create a new thing in this land. A transformed woman will embrace the transforming God. That a woman is looking for change. And she realized that when she got married, she came under your authority. And now she can't go nowhere. She can't go anywhere. She can't do anything because you don't want to go anywhere. You won't make no decision. You won't lead her nowhere. And so she feels trapped when she's used to moving, shaking, doing things, making things happen, making things come to pass. She's used to having her knees met, used to paying a bill, used to buying her own car, used to buying her own clothes. Now she got with you and you got her on a budget. But a transforming woman yeah. will go with a transforming God. Because she understands God wants to do a new thing. She's tired of that old stuff, tired of the same stuff, tired of the silly stuff, tired of the dumb stuff, and want the transformation in her life. So when you going to make a decision, brother? You think you're a man because you can lay in the bed and have sex? I don't make you a man. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You were serving God when you was courting her and dating her and, and, and you wooed her in, talking about how much of a man of God you are, how much of a man of honor you, how you committed to the church, and you deceived her. Yeah. Made all these promises, yeah. all the stuff you're going to do, and hadn't done nothing, hadn't done anything. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not putting you down. I'm shaking you up to make you think. When you going to make a decision? How long are you just going to sit there and do nothing, be satisfied with nothing? Yeah. My God. <laughs> Sitting at the gate. Yeah. All right, Pastor. You met her at the gate and ain't took her away from the gate. You're still at the gate. Yeah. You don't have my spirit. My God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have my spirit. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 God's doing a new thing, brother. Yeah. Let that woman help you. She is a helper. Yes, sir. She didn't want to take over. It looked like it when you ain't doing nothing. That's what it looked like. When, when you're doing nothing, it looked like they're trying to take When you ain't doing nothing, it looked like they're trying to take over. Because you just sitting there. you just trying to take over. You ain't doing nothing. But when you're doing something, she can't hardly keep up. When you're progressive, she can't hardly stay up with you. When you're aggressive, she got to take a break. Why? Because you're always doing something. You always got something going on. You are bettering her life. You want a woman for what? Yeah. For what? She need a woman for what you doing? She's a helper. What's she gonna help you do? Yeah. 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 Change the channel? Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. 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 Now, don't, don't, don't get offended at that. That's a word from the Lord. Now, for you folk who, who talking about getting married, you, you, need, you need to make sure before you get married. See who you with. See if he's just talking. He's just, he just, he just faking. Anybody can say something for a minute. But it, it is what it is once you get married. He changed. He ain't changed. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let, listen to this. Listen to this. Nobody has deceived you more than you've deceived yourself. You can't be deceived until you are self-deceived. Amen. He just confirmed all the things you wanted to hear. And you bought in. Well, Pastor, shoot, what am I going to do? Well, you pray to God. You repent. You pray to God and ask God for some wisdom and, and let your partner help you. If it ain't nothing more, baby, baby, pray for me. This, I, I, I got this today. I, I'm dealing with that. And, and because if anybody wants you to succeed, that woman do. Because she want to be able to talk about what y'all doing too when she's sitting around listening to all her friends talking about what they doing. She ain't just quiet for quiet. Well, you ain't saying nothing. Oh, I'm just quiet tonight. You know, I'm just quiet. No, you ain't got nothing to say. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we, well, we used to go on vacation too. I remember our last vacation. It was in Sydney. <laughs> Let me stop. I'm out of time. Come on, let's get a lot of that. 